Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Man, this was such a smart and great way to start Dynamite. And also, this episode of Homecoming was in Daly's place. And after everything that happened back in 2020, it always makes it feel very special. Also, hello, my friends, and welcome to Ups and Downs, the show where I, Simon Miller, sometimes wear things on my head. I take the finger of power, and I give the good bits up and the bad bits are down. And I implore you to get in the comments and tell me how wrong I am, because that's what the 2024 world is all about. Saying that, how the flub are we in 2024? Dig my grave right now. Bit morbid. Let's go. Here is the deal, though. Throughout the Continental Classic, Claudio Castadoli came across like an absolute beast. Now, maybe if you looked at his booking before this, he kind of lost a lot of matches. So he used this tournament to rev himself back up again. So here, when he was taking on Hangman Adam Page, which is basically like a pay-per-view match, it had a bunch of jeopardy. And whoever was going to win was going to feel like a big deal. Slap, bam, wobbly-boo. So, of course, of course, this was the big return for the Cowboy. And he did get the victory. Now it looks like he's on his way back to the top of the card. I do think that's what's called good storytelling. They just went crazy as soon as the bell went ding ding too. And it certainly does look like Hangman Adam Page is growing a moustache. Or a porn tash, as people kept messaging me. And they, they tied that into, <laughs> like you Simon, because you're Johnny Sins. It's been eight years. Why don't you let it go? Claudio had wrecked Adam so badly, though, he quite literally stood on him at one point to show his dominance. And even when Paige tried to fight back, well, it didn't work. Because Castagnoli grabbed him by his hair, went into the big swing, and applied the sharpshooter. This was really smart by Claudio, because, of course, he doesn't know how that feels. He's part of the Bull Brotherhood. Reveal. Paige did wiggle out of this, though, where he hit a DVD as the strike started again. But this is when Adam went on the outside and he went back to his old ways because he grabbed a fan's drink and he drank it. He probably shouldn't have done that, though, because Claudio had taken a med pack and he just hurled him into the floor. I was like, man, that looked nasty. Paige then started spamming buckshot lariats, but he couldn't do that because Claudio was ready with the Sagat uppercut. And once again, when Adam dove at him, Claudio caught him and just hurled him into space. I mean, this dude isn't human. He did let himself down in the sense he then tried for this again, but Paige knew what to do, so he was able to bust out the moonsault when we just got in to the best game of wrestling tennis ever. It was you go, I go, we all go, hey, hey. It led to all the one-two oohs, so we got the Rainmaker and the Dead Eye, but when Paige went from a springboard, oh my word, he got slammed with that damn uppercut. 
you can just see Claudio has been studying with the Masters of the Street Fighter tournament. Castagnoli thought he could finish it though with an avalanche for Cola Bomb, but he was totally wrong because Paige was able to turn that into a Hurricane Rana where he hit two buckshot lariats. That's right, not one, but two. And he got the one, two, three. And seriously, if you have 15 minutes today, which you probably do, you should go and watch this. You could have put it on a pay-per-view and nobody would have minded. I am giving it an up. Then got this video featuring the late, great Brody Lee. And I tell you, man, it was equal parts lovely and equal parts really sad. It also ties into a couple of Brody Lee celebration matches we are going to do on this evening. And it was just a good reminder. Let's not sweat the small stuff. Let's stop yelling at each other. And let's just enjoy professional wrestling as much as we can. Because that's why it exists. And always remember that Brody is a flipping hero. We went right into number one of these two because it was Preston Vance, Adam Copeland, Dustin Rhodes, and Orange Cassidy taking on the Gates of Agony, Lance Archer, and Brian Cage. And honestly, if somebody had knocked on my door and said, would you like a fun package? First, I'd be like, that sounds really dodgy. But then if they showed me this match, I would have totally understood. For some reason, Orange Cassidy's big plan was to try and choke slam Brian Cage, and that didn't work. Although he actually did have a plan B, because he busted out the stun dog millionaire. This is when Bishop Khan tagged him, though, and he basically cast distraction, because Toleona was here, and he just bounced Orange halfway across the ring. And I was like, man, he must be an Apple guy. Middle International Champion was in trouble, and he even got one arm suplexed by Cage. And it got even worse for him, because Lance Archer then tagged in, and guess what he did? That's right, he tried to rip apart a piece of fruit. Jose, the assistant who had come out with Preston Vance too, basically tried to trip Lance Archer here, which is a terrible idea, because Jake Roberts went over and thumped in the face. And basically what we did is we built and built and built, until Preston did get the hot tag. And if you know, you know. He did run wild for a bit before the tag klaxon ha went off. Everybody was just throwing some bones. This was kind of impossible to keep up with, but that just made it twice as entertaining. Cage was able to get the F5 onto Rhodes, but then when he tried to do it to Adam Copeland, he turned that into a DDT when the owner was here and he hit a gut buster. I was like, oh man, that's no food for Edge. Everybody else then hit their moves as I kind of went all wibbly-jibbly because it was so nuts. And I think this happened for the bad guys too because there was some miscommunication and they basically all smashed into each other. Whoops. Adam had been watching all of this too, so he speared Cage when Preston was here and he hit the discot lariat onto Khan where he got the one, two, three. And honestly, if you want to feel warm and fuzzy in your tum-tum today, this is also something you should totally check out. And as always, let's make sure we keep the memory of Brody Lee alive. That is so damn important. It is absolutely getting it up. When we just had the best backstage interview. Drilly Paquette was talking to Bullet Club Gold, where essentially the guns thought that Jay White was from the UK. Renny was like, you do know he's from New Zealand. And like a dad, Jay was like, you know what? Let's just go with it. I can't be bothered. But this was mostly done to continue to tease what could happen in the future because the Acclaim walked in and once again, they were like, have you seen the Undisputed Kingdom? If we want to win all the gold, we must come together and form a super group. They even have a name now, which is the Bang Bang Scissor Gang, which I do need in my life. And this time, Jay White and Colton Gunn kind of seem interested, whereas Austin... I don't think he cares. I'm intrigued about all of this, and surely it goes badly for them as the kingdom do run wild. But as we do need to tread on water a little bit until Adam Cole and MGF are ready to go, yeah, this works for me. And if nothing else, I am interested. That's why I watch TV. I just need to go, oh, what's going to happen? 
Although I don't make that noise. This is when Samoa Joe was out next. And I tell you, this guy, he is a modern day goat. It's also part of this wonderful wrestling thing that does happen when you do have some tenure. Because Samoa Joe has been absolutely killing it for basically 20 years. So now that he is the world champion, everybody looks at him and just thinks, man, you're the best thing ever. And he is. Like, I mean it. He also now feels like a mega boss. And as all the fans started to go, you deserved it. He was like, shut up, man. I earned this. I'm the best thing ever. And I'll slap all your teeth in or something like that. He also laid out the new rules for the championship protocol. This was so good, because no longer can you bitch and whine on the internet or come to the ring and go, oh, what a championship shot. You have to go to the championship committee. You have to show them your win-loss record. And if you deserve it, sure, you can get a shot at the champ, but you know what's going to happen? He will break you in front of all these people that used to cheer. Once again, I was like, Samoa Joe, I love you. The whole time as well, deep down in my tootsie toes, I was going, be interrupted by Swerve, be interrupted by Swerve. When Strickland's music did hit, I was like, oh, great. I manifested it into existence. He also tied all of this in because he told Samoa, listen, this is exactly what I did with Hangman Adam Page. It was nothing personal there, but I wanted to take his spot, and I took his spot, so guess whose spot I'm now going to take? If you haven't worked out... It's yours. Swerve then got right in Joe's face. Once again, I was saying, bring out Hangman Adam Page, bring out Hangman Adam Page. And it worked again. So later, I'm going to play the lottery. The cowboy locked eyes with Swerve Strickland the entire time too, which was really cool, as he went through his 2023. Like, he defeated John Moxley, he reunited with the Elite, and he had a pretty good time. But there's one thing he did forget... AEW World Heavyweight title. Prince Nana and the Mogul Embassy then had to calm Swerve Strickland down as Hangman also got in Samoa Joe's face. Now it's a bit like, man, I hope these two went to the championship committee. Otherwise, they're wasting their time. It's so good, though, because I want all of them to win. And I always enjoy multiple people wanting the world title because that makes all the sense when AEW escalated this further. Because after these two had bailed, Hook came out to also confront the champion. At this point, I was like, man, I bet my mum comes out too. Well, I don't think her win-loss record is very good. He's a man of few words as well, so he also got in Joe's grill, where he just pointed at the title and said one week. So that's right. In seven days, we are doing Hook versus Samoa Joe. And if you're one of these people like, man, I don't want to see this, you're allowed to think that, but I also think you're nuts. There is so much wrestling on TV. I need madness like this, because plug me in, I'm ready to go. I mean, maybe he did get confused and he thought the championship was a calendar, which is why he said seven days and he wants to go to the supermarket or something. But you can't argue this from a logic perspective. Hook does have a great win-loss record, so by the new rules, he absolutely should get a shot. So it is a total up, and this is just AEW reminding you of those magic three letters, F-U-N, that is the point of sports entertainment. I was so jazzed after this, I almost went and played the piano. Up. Renee was also back after this. Once again, I was excited, because she was with Tony Storm, Mariah May, and Luther. She also wanted to know what Tony's thoughts were about last week, when Mariah popped in and said, <laughs> were you able to see my debut? And Storm was like, well, somebody did send me a screener, but I didn't watch it. Kat then clarified she actually meant the debut of Diona Parazzo, which is when Tony Storm was like, wait a minute, Wendy Richter is here? I just love this character so much. For some reason, she then gave Mariah May a chocolate. I had no idea what was going on. But when she went to do her catchphrase, she forgot her last line. And when Mariah reminded her, she turned around. She was like, that's my line. You've now ruined the scene. So this really is great stuff because it blends comedy, but it also shows you the direction we are heading in. So I'm giving it up. I just think it's totally fantastic. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. 
That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. plushcare.com/weightloss. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. We then started to build Battle for the Belts after this, and I am kind of interested by that show, because I think given that we do have another one of these, some titles are going to change hands when it comes to the AEW tag belts. Well, I don't think it's going to be those. Because it was Sammy Guevara versus Ricky Starks, and of course they had a great match. Although I will say, maybe, just maybe, it felt like they were holding back just a little bit. But that does make sense. they got to do it again with their partners in like three days. Sammy was able to score with the moonsault to the floor when Starks came back with a flipping angel's wing on the ring apron. That's the hardest part of the ring. Hang on. Let's face it, it's got to be harder than this, right? Oh, I was wrong. Everybody was then hitting the D-pad because everybody kept talking when Ricky went for a TKO. But actually, Guevara was able to reverse that and he hit it with a kick that was super. He then thought another moonsault was a good idea, but as we have learned, wrestlers will adapt to this, which is when Ricky Starks was able to hit the set-out powerbomb and he got a one-two ooh. That's when I knew he was cooked. Because it was the classic finish where Starks went for the spear, but instead he took another super kick. When instead of pinning him, Guevara just hit the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll-up, and he got the one, two, three. I will admit, it was just a little bit weird. Ricky also pretended he was going to shake Sammy's hand after this, but of course Big Bill arrived and they absolutely whooped Guevara. When Judas played out came Chris Jericho with Floyd the baseball bat, and he made the save. And yes, look, we did continue to play the theme song throughout all of this, but as we said last time, as I stand here on this day, we have absolutely no idea what has happened and what hasn't happened. I just think we have to wait and see out of respect for everybody involved. I mean, last time this story came up, it changed the very next day. And more importantly, let's just hope the relevant people are okay. I thought this was all right, though, although clearly the removal of Kenny Omega has affected things. So when it comes to the match, I am going to give it an up. And for everything else, well, I think it's got to get it down. It's just the overall hoopla that isn't working for me, but that's nobody's fault because, again, AEW had to pivot. Sometimes a pivot doesn't work because, again, it wasn't the OG plan. That's why it's a down. When we got to party match part two in honor of Brody Lee, once again, it was just fantastic. This time it was Anna Jay, Chris Statlander, Willow Nightingale and Thunder Rosa taking on Ruby Soho, Soraya Sky Blue and Julia Hart. And who got the big win here? Another one of Brody Lee's protégés. I mean, sometimes it can be oh so simple. It was also great to see Thunder Rosa back because she had a hell of a time getting back to finish, so that's wonderful. We also had this amazing bit where somebody in the crowd had a sign that said, let Stoke manage you stat. And Chris Dallander saw this and she moved the piece of paper down 
Stokely Hathaway was behind it, grinning like the Cheshire Cat when Chris moved the side back up in front of his face. Goofy wrestling for life. Jay kicked this off as well by smacking Ruby right in the skull when all the baby faces got their licks in. Sadly for Thunder Rosa, she didn't see Julia Hart blind tag. She got murked from behind. She was able to get the slap to Willow, who also ran wild. But this is when Harley Cameron, who had come out with Soraya, cast a distraction by getting out a knife and threatening to kill people. Now, she didn't do that, but given what happened a couple of weeks ago, you probably bought it. It really was just enjoyable stuff, though, until it was Chris Statlander who got the warmest of all the slaps. And she ran wild for a while. She just kicked everybody's ass. And she really has become a very good wrestler. We then essentially did what we did earlier because the tag tracks and heart went off. And it was you go, we all go. Come on now, we need to go. When we were left with Julia Hart versus Anna Jay, that's when things got spooky-wooky, obviously. Now, Anna got the best of this at first, but she didn't realise that Sky had also tagged in. But it wasn't a problem at all because Blue ran at her. She got hit in the face. She went into the Queen Slayer. And who got the tap out victory? It was Anna Jay. So this works for me. And it was yet another reminder about how great wrestling can be. I'm giving it an up. Round of applause all round. We just had the best call out after this too. Because Wheeler Utah wants Eddie Kingston. And why? Because Wheeler doesn't like the fact that Edward called him a bitch. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, I get it. I wouldn't want to be called a bitch either. But they kind of redid what we did in the opening match with Hangman Adam Page. It was also time to heat up Roderick Strong. Now look, Brian Keith is not at the level of a Claudio Castagnoli. But I tell you what he is good at, maximising his minutes. Because this match didn't go long at all. But any single time he did have some offence, well, he just proved to everyone, I've got some talent and I'm going to shine. He was able to smash Roddy with a boot to begin this, where he got backbreakered into the ring apron. I'm not doing a stupid skit again, because my face still hurts. Keith just wouldn't let this lie, though, and he was able to reverse a superplex into the diamond dust. And just as he was going to win with the Tiger Driver, well, it all went really, really bad. Because I think Roderick started to worry about his neck once again when he was able to hit the big knee and the end of heartache, and he got the one, two, three. So he, too, now is on a roll. He needed to get a win, and he got it. And apparently go surfing. This is how you do a fast match, though, and keep everybody in mind. When Adam Cole and his boys were here, and he reminded everyone, look at us, we're the best, and you all suck. None of them actually care what the fans think either, because look what we have here. Roderick Strong, a guy who has been underappreciated for years and deserves a shot at the international title, and Mike Bennett and Matt Taven, who are one of the best tag teams ever, and they're going to show you. He also mentioned Wardlow, who now finally feels at home because he's surrounded by people that do respect him. My only sad point with this is I'd love it if Adam Cole had gone. Do you know the real reason Roderick Strong wants to fight for that championship? Because he doesn't like fruit. When the time is right, too, they are going to go after the world championship. I was like, man, what a lovely family we do have here when they promise everyone they're going to be around for a long time. So all of this works for me, and I do admit we are kind of moving in slow motion here because, again, we need people to get back to full fitness. But if you want to talk about patience, let me present Exhibit A, the bloodline. Sometimes that will pay off and then some... I am giving it an up. Renee really was then earning her paycheck because she was interviewing Deonna Perezza. Deonna is super happy too after last week and she doesn't even care if Tony Storm doesn't know who she is because she's going to have her debut match soon and then she will send Tony a screener. <laughs> That's a good line. That's also going to happen on Collision because she is facing Red Velvet who very handily walked in here and obviously Deonna will win that match. But let's make sure we do something with Red too because both of these guys are great. Which did indeed bring us to our main event. This was totally, totally crazy. Because it was the Kester and Powerhouse Hobbs taking on Sting and Darby Allen. 
and because it was a tornado tag, almost instantly they were basically fighting in the crowd. Thing didn't care either, because at one point he grabbed William and he put him on this box-like structure when he just pushed him into a bunch of trash cans. I mean, why wouldn't you? Darby is always there to try and one-up people too, though, so he went for a coffin drop when Takeshita caught him and German suplexed him onto the damn floor. Just Darby Allen, man. I don't even know what you say about him. He's totally insane, but he's a very compelling wrestler. Hobbs and Takeshita then revealed a table that I think had Sting's eyes painted on it. So I was like, that's what you do with your spare time? You're a couple of weird dudes. I totally forgot about it instantly though, because this actually happened. Because Hobbs and Takeshita grabbed Darby Allen by either side of him, and they kind of swung him like he was some kind of rope when they went three to one and they lobbed him across the ring. And seriously, he flew so far, he basically hit Tia the turnbuckle. You gotta see it to believe it, it was crazy. I think they got whacked by Dekesta, when for no reason, Ric Flair decided to get involved, and he poked Hobbs right in the eyes. I was like, man, you have no faith in your friend whatsoever. The first time he was in trouble, you tried to help, for goodness sake. I really was then actually freaking out because Dekesta took 65-year-old Sting and threw him into the entranceway, where he tried to knee Darby in the face, Alan moved, and Dekesta just rammed into Barry Barricade, I was like, well, you know what? It serves you right. It also allowed Alan to basically go to the moon and do this coffin drop. Like, he was so high, how is he able to do this without hurting himself? It's two plus two equals potato. It doesn't make any sense. His dad then wanted to escalate it even further, because I kid you not, they were up on this rampway, and he grabbed powerhouse Will Hobbs, and Sting did a scorpion death drop all the way from up there through that damn table with his eyes on it. Now, I did freak out a little bit after this, because I think Sting was genuinely hurt. So right now, I just hope he's okay. This is mostly because he is my hero, and let's not forget Sting just pinned powerhouse Will Hobbs, which is quite something. When Tavoni Shivani got in there to interview him and say, oh, AEW Revolution is soon, who's going to be your opponents? Well, I think we flubbing found out. Because of all the people, the Young Bucks made their grand return. And they came out to the ring, and they have gone through quite the transformation. Because they now have the best French-inspired moustaches you've ever seen. And they were kind of dressed like they are about to sell you insurance. Je ne in vous pas. We didn't say anything, but Excalibur certainly planted the seeds, because he was like, oh my gosh, are the mature bucks here to challenge Darby and Sting? And I believe the answer is yes. This sounds great to me, though, because I can only assume that Sting is going to use his retirement power to take Matt and Nick Jackson and throw them up to the top of the card where they deserve to be. And I just want to say, AEW shows are better when the Young Bucks are on. So it isn't up for me, as was this entire Dynamite, because this was such a well-put-together show. It kind of feels like they have a bee in their bonnet at the moment, and they've come out in 2024 absolutely firing, and that is good for all fans, because this week especially, wrestling has totally rocked. So now, of course, please do click the video on the screen, which is ups and downs for NXT. Leave a comment below and let me know how wrong I am about all of this and your ups and downs counters. Like the video, share the video, and subscribe, and just make sure you go out there and smile today. This day is never going to happen again, so you should brace it as much as you can. What are we talking about? Don't know? Goodbye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry shampoo, Chantilly cake and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.